0: Welcome to season three of the Good Life Review podcast. I'm your host, Trelena Daniel. The Good Life Review is a literary magazine you can find at thegoodlifereview.com. And this podcast highlights the up and coming writers with incredible talent and expertise. They share their worldly insights, have brilliant writing recommendations, and are incredibly insightful to learn from. This season, I'm working with a team of editors to do various podcast episodes with different interviewers. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to reach out if you want to learn more about our lit magazine or want to learn more about our highlighted authors.
1: I'm Adrian Pine, and my piece in the Good Life Review is "Mother," um, and I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I live in Upstate New York, and my mother's death inspired me to write this piece. In fact, it was first called my mother's death. And then I realized it was really just more about my mother. So I changed it to mother and, um, I, it's a very painful piece and it was kind of an exorcism for me to write it. And, uh, so I'm, I'm delighted that it's found readers at the good life review and, um, Yeah,
2: we're delighted to have it. And I think, you know, you, you touch on the fact that it's, you know, very personal. And so that was basically my first question um, that I, that I typically ask is, is kind of what inspired the piece. So when, when did you start writing that piece?
1: I started, I actually wrote it, wrote it a while ago, and I've just been letting it sit for a while. And then I went back to it. I started writing it, Um, in the year probably after my mother died and my mother now has been dead nine years. So, uh, you know, it's, um, I actually finished it a little while ago, but it didn't find a home yet. So I'm just really starting to write it back. So I probably started to write it in the year after my mother died. And then I just, you know, continued. Yeah. All right. Well,
2: so, um, have you always had sort of an affinity for writing, or when did you discover your love for writing? Where did it all begin?
1: Uh, That was a, uh, well, I thought about that. (laughs) This is gonna sound weird. I think my love of writing just really began when I first learned how to write with the physical act of learning the alphabet and writing words down on paper and writing things no matter what they meant. I just, you know, loved, Kids don't learn handwriting anymore, but um, we did. And I just think I love to, and I've. And since I learned to read, I love to read. I'm a huge reader. So it's just kind of a natural connection. But I think for me that love became, started with the physical act of actually putting down words on paper.
2: Yeah. So for as far back as you can remember then, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I used to copy down things before I had things to to write on my own. Sometimes I copied poems out of books when I was a kid, you know, before I made up things.
2: Yeah, yeah. they say that that's a great learning exercise just to copy, copy down what someone else has done and you really get a feel for, you know, what they were doing or how those words, you know, interact. And um, so that's very cool. so do you have any other um, related projects or, or writing other writing projects that you have in the works or something else you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually am, have been since I finished mother, I've actually been writing quite a few more pieces along that vein and um, some in various stages of completion, but I did write one. Um, it's called my mother in the afterlife that co- that takes place afterwards. I wrote, I've, I've been writing a series that I hope to put together as a book. They're all about very painful things. And um, the title, my, my title I'm thinking of is Homefront with its connotations of the home as the battleground. And so, and the family at war. So I hope that I, I get enough pieces in there about, my siblings, my parents, they're just a lot from my childhood, but also other things later in life that are also painful. I I wrote, I'm writing one about the process of selling the family house, just all these different kind of very significant, uh, stage of life events or events that are emotionally difficult.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, Uh the, the peace mother does a great job of like, like I said, you know, introducing us to that, that relationship and those, you know, those difficult things between you and her and also your, with your father, but, um, you know, to get more to kind of into the nitty gritty of the details of that with, you know, regards to siblings and the experiences that you had with them and, Uh you know, yeah, the things like selling the house, those are, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different, um, you know, different areas to explore there. So that's that's great.
1: Well, thank you. You know, I have realized, I mean, it's interesting because what the, the events of mother, of course, are very particular to me, but a lot of other people do really relate to it. I've seen that other people have, and I see that, you know, m- many of us don't have those idyllic, parent-child relationships. In fact, probably more, I don't even know, I would say more people probably have troubled relationships than not. And so, so it's been kind of an eye opener to me that, you know, people really do identify in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think that there's a lot in our society in general of just like, you know, kind of having this picture-perfect idea of what what it is in your head and you think maybe you go through life with oh other people have that but you know I don't because I have this you know these fractured problems in my you know with my parents or you know with with regards to other relationships and and the, the fact of the matter is is that I think we all have dysfunctional families I think you're on right. some level
1: I think you're right Shiloh. but
2: yeah what kinds of things
1: are you reading or what do you like to read? Well, you know, that question, I, I, I know that you said I'm a huge reader and I really wanted to answer it fully. So I went back and I looked at what I'd read over the past year or so, so. And there are some things that really stick out. I think in, um, in the vein of mother there, some very painful memoirs that I found very affecting. Yi Yun Lee, Where Reasons In, that book really is an amazing book. And the part where she, it's an imaginary dialogue with her son who committed suicide, but he talks and she talks and when, and there's this whole part about adjectives versus nouns, and I still think of it. It's really a, a powerful book, um, really like Natasha Trethway's Memorial Drive, which is another fraught family <laughs> memoir. Um, and I one of the first books I read um, in the pandemic, I had never read it before was Azar and the Feces reading Lolita and Tehran, which is a wonderful book, you know, also um, a memoir. And I like biographies. And one biography I highly recommend is Red Comet, the biography of Sylvia Plath by Heather Clark. It is excellent. I've read um, other biographies of her, and this is just, it really puts her in her, um, in the social and cultural context. And you, it's really a great, a really good biography. And, two kind of true-life, somewhat crime books, I guess I would say, that I thought were very interesting books, Um, also somewhat literary. Furious Hours by Casey Sepp, which is about Harper Lee, and the trial, the murder trial that she tried to write a book about, and she never did, and sort of really explores that um, block she had and, and creativity. And we keep the dead close was a very interesting book about an unsolved murder, um, I guess about almost oh, 50 years ago by Becky Cooper. That's a very good book. <laughs> so then I'll mention just a couple more. Um, some novels that I really liked, Burnt Sugar by Abni Doshi. OK. That's a great book. Writers and Lovers by Lily King, I loved that one. And The Tunnel by Yehoshua, this Israeli writer. That's a great book. And Yi Young Lee's novel, Must I Go. I loved that. So, um, and I'm looking forward to reading The Slaughterman's Daughter by Um Yaniv Iskowitz. So those are I have it on my list.
2: <laughs> yeah, that I mean I have an endless amount of books on my <laughs> list. Um, so, uh, one of the questions that we just like to ask everyone is, um, because the name of our publication is the good life review, which is, um, incidentally sort of a, also a play on, um, the, one of the former Nebraska state mottos, um, which was Nebraska, the good life. So what does the good life mean to you?
1: Well, I think like, So many other people, my definition of the good life has maybe evolved during the pandemic. And now I really feel that that what the good life means is being healthy, healthy, physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, as long that's to me, (laughs) you know, and then everything else kind of goes from there, I think, you know, instead of, all these more ambitious ideas i i think we all realize just the basic you know yeah
2: getting back to base i mean basic is a good word because that's how i kind of feel about it is you know we we all sort of were forced to kind of just go back to the fundamental basics of like daily life and you know, being healthy was, you know, it, it became the focus and, Mm -hmm. and with as many things as 2020 brought, you know, for challenges, both with the pandemic and, and otherwise it's, it's just that you're, that you're safe, you know, that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you have a certain amount of security and
0: Thanks to Shyla Sheehan for hosting the podcast today and Adrian Pine for going along with us on our fun journey. Adrian Pine's essays have appeared in the Feminine Collective, the Yale Journal of Humanities and Medicine, Carte Blanche, Bio Stories, Linden Avenue, Soft Cartel, Gravel, The Right Place and The Right Time, and others. Let's listen in as she reads us an excerpt of Mother.
1: Mother. My mother died in the early minutes of March twenty-first, 2012, just as spring was coming into its fullest expression in Birmingham, Alabama, the city where she was born, married, and had her children, and where she had lived her entire life. The foliage was a promising shade of bright green. The suburban lawns were visions lined with banks of azaleas in full bloom. The year was still young, as yet, The sun's heat had no weight to it. On March 9th, she was diagnosed with bone cancer. How long she had had the bone cancer, her doctor would not suppose. What was known was that the bone cancer was a metastasis from breast cancer. She had survived 14 years ago. For the past 12 years, she had been cancer free. But as it was explained, breast cancer is sneaky and insidious and doesn't give up easily. The doctor giving her the diagnosis stressed the positive aspects. The cancer had not spread beyond the bones and with chemotherapy, she might live a few more years, although she would likely be confined to a wheelchair. If this was meant to be the silver lining, my mother didn't see it that way. She confided her true state of mind to her rabbi. Rabbi, I know I'm dying, she said to him when he visited her in the hospital. We're all dying, he replied no i know i am dying soon she said and it's all right he told us this after the funeral at the shiva minion as i drove along the roads of my childhood it occurred to me that my mother's youth had been the best season of her life everything afterwards was a disappointment and she had never really gotten over it inside the woman she became there was always the popular girl, the belle of the ball, whose life had never fulfilled its promise. Once her wit and repartee had charmed girls and boys alike and young and old. She was accustomed to being the center of attention, adored and adorned. Long after she married and had children, flirtation lived on in her encounters with tradesmen and repairmen. Stanley at the grocery store. Gus at the gas station, men she saw casually in the course of her errands. She seemed happiest when she was flirting, but I never saw her flirt with my father. Nothing so lighthearted existed between them. Instead, there was a furious passion that erupted in explosions and battles. It is one morning at breakfast and I am three or four years old. I don't know what started their argument, but Daddy wants to leave for work and Mama is angry and threatening to pour coffee on him. He's angry, too, and taunts her that she won't dare do it. Don't you believe it? She cries, grabbing the coffee pot from the stove. She flings a fountain of hot coffee that reaches him as he tries to escape out the front door, splashing all over his good suit. He screams and she flees back inside. Furious, he stomps up the stairs and inside the house to change, cursing her but avoiding her. His suit is stained the color of dirt, the color of excrement. That stain endures, dirty, shameful, coloring our family life for years to come. So much unhappiness and disappointment and so little tolerance and affection.
0: If you want to read more, you can head to thegoodlifereview.com. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Review podcast. We are very excited to keep producing these podcasts and bringing you great stories from our current writers. A huge thank you to our editorial team that is mostly based out of Nebraska and almost entirely made up of writers from the flyover states, which is why we don't want your work to be overlooked. If you have a piece you'd like to submit, head on over to our submittable page, thegoodlifereview.submittable.com. Don't forget to like us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Good Life Review and on Twitter at The Good Life Lit Mag. Thank you for listening.